It takes more than writing apologetic comments in your code to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering episode 238. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers and also for lemurs sometimes. Uh, my daughter is way into Wild Kratts. And when I say lemur, she gets upset at me because it's not specific enough. And she knows many varieties of lemur. Wild Kratts is a TV show where they oh. talk about animals a lot. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. So she's like, you got to be more specific, dad. <laughs> what kind of lemur? And then rattles off a bunch of names. Writing apologetic comments in your code. So at first I was imagining, sorry, this code is ugly. I was in a time crunch. But then I thought, what if you were apologizing for other things? Like, sorry, Todd, that I stood you up on that date. I just was <laughs> immature back then. And I hope this <laughs> code finds its way to your phone and then you read the license and then find it on the GitHub <laughs> page because <laughs> it's open source or something. I guess I guess you could think of the, your comments as kind of a steganographic diary for yourself. Oh, yeah. Why not put positive self-talk into your comments then? <laughs> Jameson, I know you've had a rough day today, but <laughs> it all turns around starting now. <laughs> uh, that'd be great. Stumble upon that every once in a while. And then the next line is like, throw new error. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your focus will shift after this line executes. <laughs> Grab some random uninitialized byte somewhere right. <laughs> from a random number of... <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I want to thank our patrons. Thank you to these folks who are supporting the show at the level where we shout them out every single week. Thank you to FizzBuzz Influencer, Code Lemur, Christian Polanco, Oladapo Fade, Karen Sveinson, Ragnar Hardison, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Dennis Bogdanov, Braden Keynes, Stephen Armand Lee, John Grant, the Agile Ventures Charity, Nick Cantar, and Philip John Basile. Thank you so much to those folks. If you want to join this group, this, I say crew a lot. I need a new word. This band? <laughs> this ragtag this rock band? band. Of, this oh, rock band. Okay. Uh, this, this jazz band. If you want to join this jazz band of <laughs> soft skills engineering supporters, then you can go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. And any amount of money will get you invited to our Slack team, which is also great. It is. It's true. He's not lying about that. Yep. You can trust me because Dave said I'm not lying. <laughs> That's your, I am your only witness. I'm more of a character character reference, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to read our, oh yeah, we've got a story. Yeah. Okay. This comes in in response to episode 234, where we asked people to share their stories if they've been at their first company for like a long time, like 10 years. And this comes from Carlos, who says, Hi, Jameson and Dave. I started working at the company when I was at university in my second year. The office was close, only 10 minutes away to the university, and hours were flexible, so I was able to go to all the lectures and then come back to the office. At my home country of Latvia, it is very common to work and study simultaneously. I stayed for six years. Then I got married and my wife switched her jobs. So again, I stayed at my company so we could have stable income. If... That would not work out. Then I got a child. Again, more stability. Fast forward January of 2020, I decided to honor the longtime standing soft skills advice of job switching. I got an interesting job at an airline carrier in their in-house development department. 
since it is an airline and the beginning of 2020, you can kind of see where this is going. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. In Latvia, there is a three-month probation period, and during that time, you, you can be fired or just leave without a cause on the spot. Luckily, I had a very good relationship with the previous company, and they took me back. They, I decided to stick with what I know because at this time, nobody knows how all of this pandemic situation would pan out. I love your pun there. How the pandemic will pan out. Very good. Very good. So yeah, I'm a person who likes stability very much. However, at the time of the job search, I didn't find it difficult to land a new job. In-house development departments of the of the airline is viewed as a very respectable place to work, but there is also a huge shortage of developers, so that probably played a major role in this. Anyways, thanks for the podcast. I really enjoy it. Well, thank Carlos. That's a great story, and I, I totally get it. So 10 years at the same company with one small attempt to go to a new company, but jumped on back. That's what you get for taking our advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, January 2020, what could go wrong? It's time for a change. Yeah. And the world rubs its hands together and it's like, you want to change, do you? (laughs) Finger on the monkey's paw curls. Oh, yes. Latvia, cool place. I have been there and I would go You've been there? Wow, not me. It sounds great. To Riga. Well, to other places too, but mostly Riga. All right. I want to read our first question. This is from an anonymous listener for reasons that will become clear. (laughs) A few years ago, my current company did a big no-no, which turned into a scandal that made national headlines. When I was considering joining, I said it was important to me to feel ethically aligned with my work and asked about how things have changed since the incident. Capital T, capital I, the incident. (laughs) A proper noun. They told me they stopped doing bad things and I accepted the offer. Well, during my time at the company, it has slowly been dawning on me that my team is the team in question. Oh, no. <laughs> I finally gathered the courage to ask a coworker, and he confirmed that this was true and that there are more designs coming down the pipeline that he and other devs were uncomfortable building. He brought it up with our manager, and he was basically told business is business. As devs, we don't make the decisions, and our golden handcuffs are really shiny. <laughs> Should I leave? Stay and try to influence change from the inside or stay and maybe be a whistleblower one day if need be. Oh, man. Oh, wow. That last question is, what an ethical quandary. It's like, should I stay with the enemy so I can blow the lid off this thing when it goes bad? <laughs> yeah, this is wild. I uh, This is literally all the detail we have. There's nothing more here. So we can't even, I, I don't even know. I mean, there haven't been that many scandals about cat companies in the national headlines for doing bad things right was so it? we could probably narrow it down from like the two <laughs> yeah there's only a couple of companies that do bad things <laughs> only yeah only one or two bad bad things i wonder if this company finally made good on theo durat's claim in his open source licenses that you can use his software to build baby mulchers <laughs> what <laughs> have on. you heard of this guy baby Mulcher license. Theodora. We found it. That's the guy. We prefer free, do as you like. What? So this is the guy who, I believe Theodora created the BSD license, which is the most open and unrestrictive license of any open source license. And I think he created OpenSSL or OpenSSH or both and OpenBSD. And his license says you can do whatever you want with the software, including create a baby mulcher <laughs> huh i just i'm on a wiki quote page from him and there's a quote saying buttons are for idiots and the source is a c file that he wrote somewhere oh i'm not at all surprised to hear him say that 
Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like somebody somebody finally did it. I guess. <laughs> hmm. I was listening to a podcast about the rise of the Nazi Party. Okay. Oh, we and... went. We hold on. I just want to point out we went straight to Nazis. <laughs> yeah. I'm just. Is it Poe's Law? No, good, good, no, Goodwin, that's the, that's Godwin's the, Law. That's the parody one. Godwin's yeah. Law, yeah. Why don't we, yeah, prove it's true. Okay. <laughs> and there was a story about a guy who was a very conscientious objector to the Nazi party and was an academic and was kind of influential. And he had a decision where he could have, they, they had to like swear an oath of loyalty to the party and the implication was if you didn't swear the oath, then you would get fired and potentially more bad things would happen. This was fairly early in the 30s, I think. And he was wrestling with this, this decision of if I, if I say no, then I'll lose my position of influence and I might not be able to help mm-hmm. as much. And he did genuinely help save a bunch of people later on. He sheltered a bunch of people and was, was well known for that afterwards. But he, he basically ended up saying, I'll just swear the oath. It'll be a lie. I won't mean it. And then I'll, I'll stick around and improve things. I'll just cross my fingers behind my back when I swear the oath. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I know I won't mean it, so it won't do anything. And he said that he ended up regretting that course of action because if he had stood up earlier, he thinks that more people would have stood up earlier as well instead oh. of j- just his act of saying, rolling his eyes and saying, yeah, yeah, whatever, and then working against it from the inside helped some people very directly but indirectly it contributed to legitimizing or supporting this this thing as a whole well that is a genius that is a very insightful comment yeah so uh like all references to the nazis it's very (laughs) how do i say it very extreme right Mm -hmm. like your company is probably not the nazis (laughs) but there is some danger of like there's a lot there could be a lot of people who think like you do that hey this seems kind of sketchy but everybody's kind of going along with it so i guess i'll just put my head down and go along or kind yeah. of keep evidence or and the, and also i'll tell you there is having worked for a company a large company in in my past that some people have issue basically it's impossible to work for a large company without having people oppose some of the positions of that large company and uh, I worked for one such company, and I did see engineers leaving on ethical grounds. They said, I can't support what this company is doing. And kind of the other side of the coin of the story you told is that it could just have no impact at all, which is the case for the engineers yeah. I knew who left. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, no. So I knew two people who left on ethical grounds, and one of them had zero impact as far as I could detect. And the other one was actually a very senior ranking person and still, as far as I can tell, had zero impact. So there's also that side of that coin. Hmm. Yeah, I guess there's there's the like, what are you okay with personally? And what are you trying to, if you're trying to push a giant company by you personally leaving, it probably won't happen. Mm-hmm. But if it's just about you sleeping well at night, then, I mean, I assume that happened when this, these people left the, the company that they had ethical objections to. Probably. They felt, they felt better, probably. I mean, maybe if they didn't... Or maybe they, worse. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe they felt worse because they also <laughs> followed the stock price of that company after they left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on here. I think about... So, again, I have no idea what company this is. Uber is a famous tech company that had some some fallouts, yeah. and it was basically blown up by a, a whistleblower who was... Was she still on the team? 
I think she was still on the team when she when she went public with it. Or not on the team, but still at the company. But still an employee. Yeah, I think that may be right. This is Susan Fowler who wrote about her experiences with sexual harassment and and in great detail with tons of evidence and and it caught national attention and and resulted in lots of changes to the company. I think they had a bunch of executive turnover at Uber after that. Yeah, I mean the CEO, the the founder left. But anyways, so that's an example of where staying was was uh, she eventually left, but she she changed the company a lot while staying and blowing the whistle at great personal cost, I will add to her. I think it was very hard. Oh yeah, it would be um I'm sure she got plenty of nasty notes from people. Definitely. And not only that, but working for a company that is so toxic that the only reason you're there is so that you can blow it up later seems like a very difficult cognitive position to maintain. Yeah. It might it might do lasting damage. I mean, I'm not saying anything about Susan Fowler, but I'm saying if I were in a situation like that where and, and I by the way, I don't think it was totally black and white where she was like every single thing about this company is terrible and I'm only here to destroy it. That that's not at all her position. I yeah. mean, it was like there are instances of very bad behavior that needs to be called out, but like 90% of the hours of my day are not embroiled in toxic nastiness, right? And that's probably how it will be with this question asker as well. And so it's probably a little easier to live with that than to be, for example, a Nazi <laughs> during during World War II, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Are you saying that jumping to comparing everything with Nazis is a way to <laughs> raise the stakes? Did you see the Twitter thread from Godwin himself, the guy who created Godwin's Law? He's still alive? He is, and someone got into a Twitter argument with him and compared him to Hitler. <laughs> and he res- he like retweeted that tweet and uh, responded, this will not end well for you. Do you know who I am? <laughs> It was so funny. I'm like, wow, the internet. You just couldn't write this kind of a a script, you know? Anyway, it was funny. Oh, that's funny. He's got some he's got some tweets. For those of you who don't know, Godwin's law is that any argument on the internet, if it goes long enough, will eventually devolve to comparing one or both parties to Hitler. And so that's that's Godwin's law and he got compared to Hitler. So, it's great. I wonder if he paid that Twitter person to compare him to Hitler just for the amazing irony. Oh, no. Do you know how many doofuses you can find on the internet who will call you Hitler for free? Or who would pay you to call you Hitler? <laughs> oh, man. No, why, why pay for that? <laughs> well, okay. Let's get down to answering this question then. I'm going to say for me, if I feel strongly about an ethical decision that this company has made in the past and I see evidence that they have not repented and are continuing down the same path and I feel strongly about this, I am probably not going to stay at this company because it is hard enough to be an engineer and do your job day in and day out and just do life without this extra cognitive load of now wondering, is now the time to blow the whistle? Is this bad enough to call it out? You know, I am just like, there are plenty of great companies out there to work for where you can be fulfilled, you can do great work and not have to also have this extra burden just on your back all the time. And, you know, if they do turn out to be the Nazi party, why not bail out now? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Business is business. Devs don't make the decisions. I mean, there's also some, 
I, I like places where developers have more input into direction, and that's very convenient for me as a developer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out I like being able to contribute more than just typing out the code. So some of that is is just general culture things too. If if there's someone putting together the assembly line and then cracking the whip while the developers just put their heads down and and crank out the stuff that comes mm -hmm. through, that doesn't sound like an ideal place to work anyways. Yeah. Our golden handcuffs are really shiny. I mean, yeah, there's there's probably a reason, right? <laughs> Sounds like you found one of the reasons. But I got to say, as shiny as you think your golden handcuffs are, they're probably not that shiny. If anything... Like there are shinier ones out there? There are definitely shinier ha handcuffs. I got to say, if, and if this industry has taught me anything over the last 20 years, it's that you are not making nearly as much money as other people in this industry. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. So if, if you really care about the money, you can definitely track down a company that will beat what this company is offering you. Yeah. So it sounds like you're landing on leave. I am. Even though you've seen personally that leaving did not influence the company at all, it's just not worth it, in your opinion, to be to, to deal with the, the, the stress of being this conflicted about are you doing the right thing? Are you selling out? Exactly. That, that's what I would say. That's what I would say. And I probably would not even advertise the reason I'm leaving because I just don't think it's going to make an impact. It, this is more about my own self. Now, having said that, I am assuming here that this person is an individual contributor at a low level on the org chart and not able to directionally move this company. If this person is a leader who is actually influential in their ability to change the strategy of this company, I would say it's actually on you to change the course of this company to get this ethical crap resolved. But that's my caveat. I'm also assuming it's not illegal, too. I mean, I don't know. Illegal is a very broad... There's lots of laws. But I'm, I'm assuming you, you aren't looking at this and saying, yeah, like someone will die because of this or we will steal money from someone. It's, it's like, I don't know, vaguely uncomfortable for you, but not something that you are worried will result in legal things. There's probably a whole different source of issue of... of a whole different swath of issues to consider if you're worried. It's not just things you're uncomfortable with, but things that are actively problematic legally. And then you need to talk to a mere earth lawyer. Yes. Because in space law, <laughs> we have very clear laws. There's only <laughs> one law, which is do what Jameson or Dave would do. <laughs> so it's it, law school is pretty simple. And <laughs> in space law. <laughs> Yeah, they, you just ask Jameson or Dave. All of these terrestrial issues are just so beneath our jurisdiction. Yeah, I mean, there's like whistleblower protection laws, and there's there might be some like duty to report in some places, or there might not, and yeah, it gets complicated. Yeah, join us in space where things are simple. <laughs> For the low, low price of several billion dollars, yes. you can come. <laughs> I think I'm just muddying up the waters, though. I would like to believe that if I were in this situation, I would leave. Yeah. It would be really easy for me to stay and say, I'm staying because I want to be a whistleblower. It's just pure coincidence that these golden handcuffs are <laughs> so incredibly heavy and thick and worth so much money. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with it. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's, there are other jobs, especially right now. Oh, yeah. And it's not the worst thing in the world to make less money. I mean, it depends on your personal circumstances too. That's true. That is true. Although if you make less money, it just puts a little more time between you and that life in space that you've been wanting to have. That's true. Yeah, I think you've convinced me, Dave. I started off wishy-washy and now I agree that you should leave. And like you, I have not seen dramatic exits change anything. Like the company yeah. rejects you because you're not part of its tribe anymore. 
So they right. kind of discount what you say, especially if it's a lower level. I mean, low level sounds like a negative thing. If it's if it's an individual contributor, though, and especially if it's a, a big company, there's just so much yeah. turnover and churn that like your coworkers will know you left, like your boss's boss's boss won't, and right. maybe they're the source of all the bad <laughs> stuff true. anyways. So <laughs> That's true. I love how our, our argument is like, you can't change anything, so don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you've done the right thing. <laughs> my my argument came more from a place of it's life's too short to to carry that burden at this point in your career yeah so i don't know that's what i think that's and i'm okay. mostly just saying what i would probably do at that given those facts but good luck quit that i mean really we're just saying quit your job i mean we're just sticking to our our, our script here that's true so you can't really fault us and you will notice a theme with this next question <laughs> this is from another anonymous listener. I think I made a horrible mistake. I gave up an undesirable job for a fairly large tech company and joined a Drupal agency. These two weeks have been the longest year of my life. I haven't written one <laughs> line of code and the Drupal admin interface is incomprehensible. Since it's only been a relatively short time here, how do I get back in the job market without looking like a chump? Do I remove it from my resume? Do I own it like a hideous tattoo? What do I tell hiring <laughs> managers? Whether it's a gap in my resume or that I want to leave after only two weeks. Any help and all help is appreciated. Thank you. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> My very first code that I ever got paid money to write was Drupal related. Oh my goodness. As a, what did we call I think they were called webmasters for the computer science department at my university. Oh, that was Drupal? Yeah, our wow. school. Well, it was a couple years after you, but it had been around several years by the time I was there. So it was probably Drupal still when you were there. Alert Alert! listeners may have just noticed that Jameson and I revealed that we both went to the same university, but not at the same time. Yep. <laughs> Fill in that line on your crazy yarn diagram of, <laughs> yes. on your conspiracy wall. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it was like some internal, it was a mixture of posting articles about stuff people had done in the department and some internal budget and tracking and payroll stuff. Mm -hmm. I do not recommend imp implementing payroll software <laughs> in Drupal. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I have I have lots of memories that in retrospect were wild. But at the time, I was like, yeah. okay, I guess this is what software is like. Yeah. <laughs> Things that seemed like a good idea in 2003. Managing your payroll with a PHP-based content management system. <laughs> exactly. It turns out okay. that... Uh, like a shift, that's really kind of like a post. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a, a page, a pay stub is it's sort of a page, that, an article. I mean, everything's a post. Everything's a blog, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the author of the post is the person who got paid. Yeah. Sure. We, we can make this work. It's the perfect data model for everything. We'll, we'll just stick the hourly rate in the timestamp. Fine. <laughs> yeah so i feel you that's what i mean i'm sure it's better now than it was then but it can't get that much better on an absolute scale given right. the paradigms <laughs> in play here <laughs> oh man yeah i remember clicking around in that gnarly admin interface that is like infinitely customizable by any random plugin you install and oh yeah it was like if you're playing with legos that hated you <laughs> right <laughs> legos where if you plug them in wrong they cut your finger every time you touch them yeah or they come alive and scream at you 
Oh, man. So, I mean, here we have a situation where the listener was in an in a large tech company at an undesirable job and then quit that job to get a job that was even worse. And I think this is kind of <laughs> this is this is the risk of of the grass is greener syndrome. You jump out of the frying pan and you're actually into the fire and you know, it it just kind of goes to show that just cuz your job sucks doesn't mean there aren't worse jobs. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have any more detail than this about their old job, but before we answer the question, we should always just tell the listener how wrong they were. <laughs> As this sorry. Tradition. You, so no, sorry. I, I think there's something here, right? Like, why why did you end up at this job that you hate? And if the answer isn't like, I had to get out and this was the first thing there. Well, I mean, that's a valuable answer too, anyways. Sure. You could you could ask yourself, what can I learn from this? How, how can I find out more about my next job, which will be soon? <laughs> so yes. I don't end up in, in another situation, right? Yes. Where I, I get there and realize I hate it. That's part of the goal of the interview is, and ideally what you get to do if you have some leverage or some options is pick something that you think you will like. If you had to take this job, then there's another question behind that, which is like, I don't know, just keep extending the questions back into why you had to get in this situation until the answer is study harder in school. (laughs) (laughs) This all goes back to that third grade math test that you failed. Yep. (laughs) That was the point that set you on this trajectory. I always have this like mental battle when I answer questions of what do I want to tell the person to do, but what would I actually do myself? <laughs> and some, a lot of times they're different. And this is one of those cases where I'm like, well, of course you should own it and put it on your resume and, you know, be completely forthright about it and transparent. I wouldn't do that, though. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> it was two weeks. I would say I stopped working here. And then I started looking for a job. That's what I would yes. say. Like I stopped working at tech company and then started looking and you just kind of elide the fact that there was a two week period where you were looking while working at this horrible place. And there's a great technique you can do to conceal that information, which is you don't have to put the exact day and hour that you started and stopped at every company. You could just put the month. And if it's a two week period that doesn't span a calendar month, or even if it does, you can have a nice contiguous work experience, work history on your resume without raising any eyebrows at all. Yep. That's what I would do. I would sweep this under the rug like it never happened. We shall never speak of this again, except when you're telling stories to the young ones in 10 years about how you took this terrible job for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So the question asker says, should I own it like a bad tattoo? And Drupal has a very recognizable logo. And I think you should (laughs) combine both of those things. I love it. And you know those stickers of like Calvin peeing on the bad car company logo that you don't <laughs> yes. like? Yes. Your, your arch enemy truck? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the direction you should go with this. You need one of those <laughs> Calvin peeing on the Drupal logo tattoos. Yep. And then once you've worked there for a while, you just like roll up your sleeve and say, I've got a story for you kids. <laughs> <laughs> Work there, meaning your new job, which will be so much better. And every day when you get out of the shower, it will remind you why you should do more diligence when assessing their next job. <laughs> I wonder if there's something here about like, maybe they're trying to switch tech stacks or or break, maybe they were like a, I don't know, QA person trying to move into development. I wonder if there's there's yeah. some reason that this was this felt like a step in the right direction. Undoubtedly, yes. And which might make it also hard to get the next job. Right. If if you're an experienced senior dev, you just go look and find something and probably it'll be fine. But huh. Right. I 
it could be the case that this was kind of a trying to be a step up into a more developer heavy role. Totally possible. Or it could just be that your job was so terrible that it clouded your thinking about this next job. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. I took a job and I've, I guess one time I took a job. Sometimes you get lucky, right? One time I took a job because it was the only thing there and I just was so tired of my current job and it turned out to be a fantastic opportunity. But another time I took a job and six months later I regretted it and ended up actually going back to the previous company that was so terrible. (laughs) So yeah, I I guess I'm not great at this (laughs) assessing the company. (laughs) There's always something worse. That's the moral of this story. That is, that is the moral of this story. There is always something worse. So count your blessings while you have them. And be prepared to do your due diligence. Yeah, but I I agree with you. You should quit this place. Ideally, start looking now. And I don't think you have to mention it. Yeah, and it is is not, I'm going to say not uncommon for people to quit jobs and then go on the job market. It happens. And so, you know, you will undoubtedly have to answer a question. Are you currently employed at your previous employer, which is going to be the most recent employer showing up on your resume and the you're just gonna have to say no i left that company i'm taking some time between jobs and and that's fine i don't think you have to say anything about this drupal company yeah there's a point where it could get too confusing though like i don't know so you can't interview at a certain time because you have to work you know like (laughs) what do you what do you do there where it goes too long no no where it uh, i don't know you you can be super cagey but at some point, the caginess will start being more suspicious than just saying, yeah, I work at this. I started this job and I hate it. It's just really not for me. Yeah. So I'm looking for a new job. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually don't think that would hurt. I don't think that would hurt at all. I don't think a hiring manager would care one bit. I mean, if you can clearly articulate why the job is terrible in a way that resonates with the hiring manager, then it'll be fine. Because it turns yeah. out your ability to assess a company and do due diligence on it before you join is actually not in the job description of, of a good software engineer. So they, <laughs> they shouldn't, if they're being rational, they shouldn't ding you because you did a bad job evaluating that company. I was just thinking how I would ding someone for doing a bad job of evaluating <laughs> that company, though. <laughs> well, that's why I said if they're rational and you clearly are not. Yeah, yeah I'd be like, <laughs> you showed poor judgment, I guess, which we like people with good judgment. Yeah, I'm being wishy-washy, as is my role on the podcast. But I, I, yeah, even if you have a gap, gaps of a month or two are fine, Yeah, in, in my opinion. If there's someone who's like, we only hire the best of the best, and if you haven't had a job for one month, that means nobody wants you enough. You're not good enough. Right. Then that person is dumb. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't want to work there. Uh, yeah. That's a red flag you should be looking for. In fact, add that to your list of, right now you have one item on the list, which is the word Drupal. But mm-hmm. <laughs> add that other thing to your list too now. Now you have two things to look for in your next company. Yeah. All right. Have we answered this question? I think so. Good luck with this. I'm very sorry that you jumped out of the frying pan into the fire. It's so painful. You were already in a lot of pain, obviously, to leave that company. And now the pain is only worse. Now you'll jump out of the fire and into the cool, soothing water of your next gig. That's right. I just want to pre-congratulate you on your next company. (laughs) It's going to be so nice. Yeah. What can people do if they want their own pre-congratulations? Go hit our website at softskills.audio and click ask a question where you can ask us questions. Thank you so much to everyone who has done that. There are so many questions. I thought that when we started this podcast, there would be maybe five or six and then we'd be done. There are more than that. And we are so grateful to all of you for writing in. We will get to them, all of them, eventually. 
And just thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We'll catch you next week.